Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. District of Conservation is sponsored by Real Camo Girl, a lifestyle brand for women who love the great outdoors, spanning from hunting, fishing, foraging, archery, shooting sports, and the like. We are proud to have them as a sponsor, and you can learn more about them at www.realcamelgirl.com and follow them all across social media to learn more and get involved. Welcome to episode 22 of District of Conservation. It has been a wild week here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And I don't mean wild because we have animals doing destructive things. There are a lot of crazy things happening down in Richmond, our state capital, which is not surprising given all the political fallout that has come about from this. However, this is good news for people who support the Second Amendment because I think those who embarrass themselves this week, politically speaking, their party is going to suffer at the ballot box this year because we have state Senate and House of Delegates election. So that's a glimmer of hope in spite of all the embarrassment that's been wielded our way. But I also want to discuss briefly before I expand on two interesting developments nationally and from in Virginia related to guns, hunting, etc. I was also just published in both Field and Stream and Outdoor Life for the very first time. And when I set out to begin my writing or communications career, I never envisioned myself being printed in these two laudable, noteworthy outdoor publications before the age of 30. I have a few years until that benchmark, and I am proud to say that I fulfilled that uh, with an assignment that I did for both of these publications. I kept it well hidden, apart from those who are close to me and in my inner circles and and people I talked to at SHOT Show. So it was a hard surprise to keep. I was so happy that I had the opportunity to do pieces for both of those publications, one on products that celebrities liked from companies that did not sponsor them, and then another highlighting kind of like a BuzzFeed article. Uh, I know BuzzFeed is kind of a strange thing. I don't like listicles, but it was a fun listicle to do because there's a lot of cool things there. Check out those articles. I will include them in the notes section of this podcast. So I wanted to offer some positive news with respect to that. Now we are going to dip into two just breaking news tidbits. The first being the fact that President Trump has finally selected his replacement to Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke, who resigned in December, given fallout from the new or given threats from the newly put into place House Natural Resources Committee chairman and pressure from radical environmentalist groups to see that Zinke be out. Uh, But David Barnhart, who has worked under W. Bush, President Bush 43, will be taking the helms of this of the Department of Interior. And if you guys didn't know, he was currently acting Secretary of Interior. That's what deputy secretaries do when secretaries bow out over certain circumstances, controversy, scandal. So 
it didn't come as a surprise to me when the president tweeted this yesterday that Barnhart would be the natural choice. He's kind of reminiscent of Andrew Wheeler, who succeeded Scott Pruitt, who previously served as the Environmental Protection Agency's administrator. So Andrew Wheeler has advanced an interesting agenda that doesn't pigeonhole businesses, but also tries to find concert behavior with environment. So rectifying the problem that you see a lot with business and environmentalism, not pushing too much of a radical environmentalism agenda, but also I see a similar thing. And I talked about this in episode 16, a few episodes back about why he would likely be chosen if it came down to that. So it's interesting that of any politician or any successor that was being mulled, David Bernhardt was selected and the president tweeted with respect to this that he, here's a quote, here's, here's his tweet, I should say. So President Trump tweeted, I am pleased to announce that David Bernhardt, acting secretary of the interior, will be nominated as secretary of the interior. David has done a fantastic job from the day he arrived and we look forward to having his nomination officially confirmed. And the acting secretary, David Bernhardt, on this announcement of his nomination, because this has to go before the U.S. Senate for a confirmation. Now that Republicans have increased their majority in the Senate chamber, this should be done more easily with a breeze, fewer roadblocks. But he has said this with respect to his, his being nominated. And he says, it's a humbling privilege to be nominated to lead a department whose mission I love to accomplish the balanced common sense vision of our president. Critics such as certain presidential contenders on the Democrat side have accused Mr. Bernhardt of being tied to the fossil fuel lobby. He's entrenched in oil. He's so bad. He has dirty hands. He's implicated in stuff just because of his past associations with the oil and gas industry. And mind you, not every person who works in oil and gas is evil. There are cronies who I would say work against certain true energy interests. And there's much to criticize about radical environmentalists as there are about oil and gas people. But I don't think pigeonholing those who work in traditional energy sectors is conducive to the cause of conservation. A lot of those people go hunting and fishing too. They don't want to see all the resources destroyed with respect to natural resources. And I've heard from friends who work in the interior directly and people familiar with Mr. Bernhardt, that he is a hunter and angler himself, at least a sportsman in some capacity. I think he likes bow hunting from what I've been told. So I feel comfortable knowing that he's going to be in charge. Perhaps he's going to be less privy to talk to the media. He's going to be more behind the scenes, more serious. He's more policy wonkish with respect to his conduct. So I'm excited to see what he'll accomplish. Perhaps we will see the Land and Water Conservation Fund be renewed. We'll see some other notable things like expanding hunting and fishing opportunities on national wildlife refuges and other public lands related to BLM land. Perhaps some rolling back of excesses uh, from past administrations that may have not been rectified yet. So I think it's interesting. I don't see any problem with it. I think he's going to have a mixed use approach to public lands and natural resources. And I think that's appropriate for people who work in the department of interior. So I'm thrilled to see that. And I want you guys to sound off to me as to whether or not you like this. You're interested to learn more about his past. If you have problems about it, I don't care what your opinion is. Just let me know. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. That's my opinion on the subject matter. I wanted it to be fair with respect to that, but that is just breaking as of yesterday 
for you guys to know it's kind of been slow with all this political news, but now we finally have some conservation hunting fishing related news. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to get that. The second important news item I wanted to discuss in this episode relates to Lee County here in Virginia. It's in Southwestern Virginia, having the intent to sue Mark Herring, who serves as the attorney general here in Virginia. They're going to sue him to allow their staff, whether it's teachers, people who work on the premises to conceal carry guns. Last summer in wake of the Parkland shooting, this school district wanted to take matters into their own hands to prevent mass shooting. So this is a really conservative area. They overwhelmingly vote for pro legislators statewide and also federally and locally. And they are pretty self-reliant with respect to that. And like I said, in July, I talked about this on NRA TV with Dana Lash. July, they uh, unanimously approved a plan for certain staff to become special conservators of the peace, meaning, and I'm reading from an article that my friend Stephen Gutowski wrote at the Free Beacon. He's awesome when it comes to gun issues. I hadn't seen this update, but I had previously written about this issue. So Stephen also writes that that would allow them to legally carry firearms on school property in order to supplement the presence of armed school resource officers. And what they currently say in this article, what Stephen says, I should say, is that the district in Lee County currently only has five has officers at five of their 11 schools. Not surprisingly, the Attorney General Mark Herring, who, if both the governor and a lieutenant governor go down for the controversies that have taken hold of the over their offices, he would be the guy likely to succeed. And he has a really radical anti-gun agenda. He said in the Washington Post last summer that our kids deserve a safe, secure learning environment when they come to school. And adding guns and Armed, unqualified personnel to our classrooms is incompatible with that goal, he said, apparently, in a statement to Washington Post last summer. He also added, Virginia law expressly limits who may possess firearms on school ground for safety purposes, and the General Assembly declined to enact bills presented every year from 2013 to 2017 to extend the authority to school teachers and administrators. So as a result of the Attorney General's blatant anti-gun bias, they have filed a lawsuit in the circuit court of Lee County against the state. And not surprisingly, I'm, I'm reading through Stephen's article. I'm, I'm really glad to see this. A guy that I actually liked for governor in 2013, Ken Cuccinelli, who used to be the former attorney general, is going to be representing the school district in the suit and expressed to Stephen that they're confident they will succeed. And, and Cuccinelli is quoted as saying, we think we have a good case. And then he adds, it fits entirely and rather cleanly with, within the English language ter- interpretation of the statute. The Commonwealth is going to have to do some backflips in interpretation to try to get the court to believe that means something other than straight words in the statute. And that when they're going to have to do to continue to block us. And all we have to do is pull out a dictionary. And, and this relates to special conservator of the peace status. So that's really interesting. I'm glad to see this news, timely news, especially in wake of all the mess that has circulated in Virginia. I think pro-gun, pro-hunting interests are going to succeed in the fall electorally if they play their cards right. I think we will be spared flipping and and anti-gun attitudes from rising here, given what has been transpiring in the governor's mansion and whatnot. And I think that's a really good update, too. I'm, I'm glad to see the school district pull through with this. And they have 
enlisted the help of Ken Cuccinelli, who was a great attorney general. I know some people don't like him, but he's a really nice man and he was tarnished unfairly. He supports the second amendment. He understands. And it's good to see that this case will be brought before and hopefully uh, pull through there. So we will keep tabs on that and I'll try my best maybe to interview some of the people involved with that lawsuit uh, here on the podcast. There's going to be a lot of breaking news in 2019 with respect to hunting and conservation, but there are some good things to come out of the new nomination of secretary in acting secretary, David Barnhart, plus the news of this lawsuit. There's going to be more to cover. We're going to cover things beyond Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. I think it's prudent that I do that. I've done that in previous episodes, but we're going to continue to do that here and hold anti-gunners, much like anti-hunters, equally accountable because without firearms, as you guys know, there is no conservation. I just learned an interesting statistic that actually close to 80% of firearms uh, the the excise taxes derived from that fund the majority of conservation efforts. I found a number. I got a number sent to my way. So we'll explore that more in detail. But if you suppress firearms rights, you're going to equally suppress conservation funding. That's why we talk about guns here on this podcast. So have at it. And if you want to make sure that this podcast gets seen and heard far and wide, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. That's the best way you guys can download the podcast. Make sure that my episodes get far and wide, that we get more listeners, more downloads. And you can find us, if you don't have iTunes, on Anchor.fm to see which providing, which podcast providers have the episode playing i think we're up to 11 or 13 now that are compatible with the podcast so make sure you go there to check it out follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and you will never miss a beat from us here at district of conservation i'm going to do my best to get more guests i'm going to be making some exciting trips i'm going to announce some awesome projects that i've been tapped to do once they are out so a lot of things are coming your way from yours truly here at district of conservation with all my other involvement related things so thank you guys for listening and if you're a first time listener i want you guys to let me know what you think if you're a routine listener returning listener i appreciate you guys coming in day in and day week weekly to hear the podcast send me your thoughts let me know what you think and get outside go hunting and fishing bye everyone